Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam at pathwaytohappiness.com, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast. This audio is an interview I did with a gentleman, David Byers, who logged into my course, the Self Mastery Series, uh, back in July last year, and it's March, and so it's about eight months later. And we get to talk about some of the changes he's made and realizations he's gone through by working through this material, self-discovery. He got into this material because of relationship issues, that bastion of emotional drama that invariably we pretty much all run up against at some point in our life. And it brought out anger, jealousy, a number of things in his behavior that he did not want to continue to do. So I will uh, let him share a little bit about his journey, some of the things he's discovered and changed through the process of working through the exercise in the self-mastery series. A couple things about this. One is some language in there may be unfamiliar. It probably comes from a book by Don Miguel Ruiz in The Four Agreements. One of the terms we use is called metote, which essentially means that fog in the mind, that cacophony of voices, all that chatter that's conflicting and takes you in multiple different directions at one time where all the voices in your head are talking and nobody's listening. That's what we refer to as the metote, that chaos in the mind. Uh, My apologies, this audio is not as clear as I like. I think David's voice is fairly clear. Mine is somewhat choppy in the background and less clear, Uh, but I hope it gets the point across. We have to go with what we got, and I will work on better technical quality in the future. Thank you. What was going on in your life that drove you to say or motivated you to say, I, I need to go change some things. I need to look for something. Well, uh, Gary, I, I think that there was a, a hungering for a long time to be a little more, I guess the word might be self-evident to myself, obviously redundant, but um, there was a a specific circumstance that occurred in early 2008 where I was in a relationship with a very remarkable human being uh, that we had made gestures to each other about spending the rest of our lifetimes together and although some of that relationship was not really good for her nor for me, and I'll say this, and, and I'd, be, I'd be glad to say anything about it, but it would take a long time to describe it in its entirety, but I would say that the way that relationship had developed was uh, not healthy, uh, to some degree lost even more of my identity and in the process of doing that I think that we crowded each other particularly I crowded her probably almost unmercifully uh, although there are certainly things for which she is responsible as well we separated our relationship in June of, of 2008 and I knew 
about six weeks prior to that time that that needed to happen. And yet love is such a an overwhelming emotion. I, I, it's like I really didn't know what to do about it. What was your emotional state? I mean, what was the emotional cycle that you were going through? Yeah, well, I think that um, the emotions, uh, as I've unlayered them, they're not real simple, but they express themselves partly through jealousy. Uh, there was a building anger within me because of certain things that needed to have been accomplished, sort of being not being accomplished. There was a procrastination going on. And and all the while sort of leaving me in a quandary of losing my identity and therefore expressing it through uh, probably even uh, possessiveness or maybe even uh, attempting to control, which to me expressed through jealousy and anger. And uh, I didn't want to be that way because that's not who I believe that I really am at a conscious level. And interestingly, as she and I began a process of what we have called a break, when that process began, I knew that as much as I hurt and as much as I love her, I really wanted to know who I am. And again, I probably Googled the word happiness or something, and that's how I, I came in touch with the uh, Self Mastery series, which has been quite provocative for me personally. When you say want to know who you are and this process of losing your identity, what was it you were losing and how did you know you were losing it? Uh, my, my, the person uh, and I have many things in common um, and Without getting into those details, we began a process. Not only were we together as as partners, but we were also together in our professional endeavors, and all of our social life was surrounded by those things. So, but because of her position, it was more like I was an appendage to her world than she was to my world. Uh, she's a very talented person. I celebrate totally uh, the wonderful talents that she has, but it also created a situation where it was a little bit hard to have two people as, and I, I'm going to step out here a little and, and say that we're both somewhat dynamic, and to have both of those dynamic personalities uh, coexisting, I think caused me to try to take a lesser role, which is very unnatural to me. So I, I sort of began to cut off or to mute or to subdue some of the things that I would normally be doing. And I think that subconsciously that resulted in quite a bit of angst, quite a bit of anger, possibly even resentment that I was unaware of until I stepped back and changed my point of view. And, of course, at that point, uh, I used this analogy with a friend earlier. I said, have you ever looked at someone else's life and sort of sat there and looked at him and said, what an idiot, you know? Well, when I stepped back and refrained or refrained from being 
right in the midst of it and, and took an observer view, I looked at myself and I said, one idiot, <laughs> one idiot, <laughs> you know. Kind of the realization that helped you go say, I need to go learn more about myself that brought you to the self-mastery course, or is this something that you were able to do because of the exercises in the self-mastery course? I, I think the two are sort of inter, intertwined. I think that I saw the possibility of your coursework uh, of, of the assignments as being something that would help me really identify why I was acting the way I was. And so I, somewhere inherently I knew that I wasn't happy being this person that I had become and I needed to do something about it. So I think it's, it's kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg, doesn't really matter. Uh, all I know is that we're getting a much nicer looking hen now. So, <laughs> Interestingly for me, Gary, to give you a quick update, I've completed the 14 sessions in the self-mastery, and I'm actually reviewing those now uh, as, I, as I'm able to. Uh, I'm practicing consciously almost all the time. I, I just, I, I adore what it does for me mentally. But uh, so I'm, I'm still in that process uh, of doing, and of course, at some point, I want to go into the advanced series. But what I discovered is that you can change. And you actually can, and for a long time, I mean, I was in the ministry for 25 years, and I was all about helping people with change and dealing with dysfunctional things, et cetera, et cetera. But I never realized that part of the problem was that we were saying, act differently, but don't necessarily undo whatever it was that was wrong. And so all we were doing was complicating things. And uh, what I've learned is that, yes, change is possible, not only possible, but it's also very delightful. This experience of kind of losing your identity, sense of self, and what you, how you want to live your life and express yourself, and then the anger and jealousy, this was new for you. This was not something that was a big pattern in your life before then? Uh uh, let me let me say two quick things about that. There's a seven minute, some maybe seven minutes and a half, whatever, uh, little uh, podcast or whatever you have in the free material that has to do with jealousy. And I would have to say that anyone should listen to that. And whether there is, whether it's problematic for them, we all should listen to that. When I listened to those seven or eight minutes, I thought, oh, my God, I have been acting that way. And however, mine was not just rooted in the idea of jealousy. It was probably even worse than that. I think that it had as a part of its basis a feeling that I had that I was attempting to protect other people from things that maybe they shouldn't be doing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> who do I think I am? You know, and so immediately the judge came out in me as I sat back and said, you're an idiot. You don't have that much power over other people. So why are you acting that way? Well, I did spend 25 years attempting to help people and I interviewed them and talked to them and saw their foibles, and I could see clearly because I could see the forest where they couldn't. So I think that I, I actually got to a place that I thought my way was better for them 
And I don't want to be that way. Uh, my friend, I would say to you, just as you have described being in the presence of Don Miguel Ruiz and having just this overwhelming sense of love, uh, that's the person that I truly want to be. I know of no one that I want to accept any other way than the way they are. And so that was just terrifying for me to realize that what I was doing was evoking a sense that this other person, that I was very jealous over her. Does that make sense? What I see is you're referring to this pattern of controlling and changing other people of being as a 25-year history. That's correct. Will you cover what you, what your position was during those years, what you were doing? Because I think that's that's interesting. For 15 years of that, I was primarily a musician, a church musician, but I always held uh, more than one responsibility in the churches that I served. For the last 10 years of that tenure, from 1990 to the year 2000, I was a senior minister in a church that we were growing and probably doing a lot of things in an effort to be accepted, uh, you know, to be, to feel as though I was contributing. And it, you know, it took me a long time to realize that the real contribution was to be whoever it is that I am. When you, when you came to uh, this kind of realizations of yourself and the emotion, the anger, the jealousy, and was there judgment at that point or, or as you're trying to work through this kind of controlling behavior and that issue was there judgment that like I shouldn't have this or I should be able to let go of this you have a higher expectation of yourself that you, you know this shouldn't be part of my character in, in reality I don't think that the judge jumped out quite so vociferously Possibly the victim jumped out a little bit because uh, another uh, added factor is my nuclear family of origin, and uh, that's another story. But so some of some of the stage was set by things that I had observed forever. So I really do not believe that I necessarily adversely judged myself. I might have felt a little victimized, but this is what I do know that I felt. I felt, wow, look at that. I kind of chuckled. And I, you know, I've, I've never judged people over a long period of time. I mean, if, if, if you were to do something grotesquely horrific to me, I'll forget it about as fast as I saw it happen. And I, don't, I just don't put up walls like that. So I chose not to put up a wall with myself either. And I, I, I observed, my point of view changed. I observed what could be classified as jealousy. I knew the anger was there. There was an, I already knew that. And I looked at those things, and what I actually said was, that's not the way I want to be. I am going to dissolve those agreements, and I am going to choose to enjoy and to look for those positive things that are things that I would consider to be positive and not have to sit and judge myself or anyone else. If if I can't forgive me first, then how in the world am I ever going to be able to forgive you? That's kind of where I was. I think rather than judging, I specifically chose to simply identify and to attempt to change that. So obviously you had some some perspective on this that wasn't, you know, you didn't use your new information and awareness about yourself to judge yourself. 
that's not usual. Uh, I'll say by most people that I, that I talk to, usually the, when we discover something <laughs> interesting about ourselves, it's humbling. The judge likes to take it as evidence for uh, judgment. But so you get into this self mastery course. What tools, techniques, what what value did it give you in in this process that you didn't have before? You said, this is something I didn't see before. This is something that... that... To, to, to possibly create a metaphor that would work for me, probably my attempts at change prior to the self-mastery series had been more rooted in attempting to accomplish change, shall we say, in the middle of the game. Uh, if while I'm uh, while the uh, what is the term uh, metote in the middle of the fog, and the thing that that probably has opened my ability to deal with issues more than anything else is the awareness or the point of view or getting into that observer role, and it, it's interesting. I don't think it's just psychological. I think it's actually physical, too, because my, my whole sense of, of physical awareness, my sense of mental awareness, certainly my view of emotions was totally changed when I realized that I could back up and say, wait a minute. Uh, Wes, I think in one of your assignments, you talk about imagine that you're dreaming and you can see your body there. And we, you, you talked about that and it, it became an exercise. So I stepped away, and I could observe me doing all those things. That's a real eye opener, Gary. I mean, uh, you you've got to you just got to be you got to have your eyes closed not to see some phenomenal things when you do that. And uh, and again, I don't think they have to be condemning things. I think they're simply descriptive things. I've never taught or believed the idea that everything is either good, bad, right, or wrong. I've always simply believed. That, that everything just is. I like that agreement because it really, it just is. We can't change what happened yesterday. So pointing to, and see if I have this right, this, this perspective that through the course, and as I think about it, literally exercises one, three, five, seven, and nine. The course is front-loaded with specific ways to shift your perspective. And it's to me, the beginning and probably the most critical element to the process, instead of just try to change the behavior. Am I correct in saying that that was a new piece for you? I, I don't know that it was totally new. However, this whole thing of, of perspective completely gelled for me as a part of the, the self-mastery series. That, that's what I would say about that. Tell me where things are now. Granted, you aren't seeing this person, so maybe there isn't the opportunity to do the, the jealousy and control, but your, your attitude, people, uh, yourself, your sense of self, your enjoyment in life, how is it different, what, six, eight months later? Well, there, you know, there's a, there's a novel that I could probably write about that, but uh, a very thick novel. <laughs> However, uh, <clears throat> the... The thing that comes to mind the most is that uh, I absolutely love being in neutral. 
in the Christian tradition, uh, my gifting pattern is such that I would be said to have the gift of mercy. And the gift of mercy expresses itself sometimes almost to a fault. And it actually can be almost debilitating for the person that possesses it because you don't just sympathize, you truly empathize. And you you go out and you have this tendency to attempt to be the savior, you know, and to, to make everything okay. And, and that actually can evolve into not only am I out there trying to make everything okay, but as long as they'll do it my way, be okay. And therefore, mercy rears its ugly head as a very jealous, demanding, possessive kind of thing. So you can see, uh, hopefully you can see how that, that can go. The beauty of what has happened is that I am still able to do the things, shall we say, do my best to help where I can, but I can turn it off too, because I, I realize and have agreed that I am limited. Uh, I'm not the Savior. I might be a messenger, but uh, if, if I don't take care of me, then I can't take care of everybody else. And some of the way that I had wanted to take care of everybody else is not necessarily good for them. So to be able to shift into neutral was powerful, just absolutely powerful. And interestingly, the way that I've developed that whole thing of being in neutral, I do not feel at all that I care less than I did. In fact, I probably express my caring and my concern in an even more powerful way because I am doing it in an appropriate way. Uh, the old, uh, what is it, the old, uh, the prayer, the serenity prayer, the whole idea that you uh, change the things you can, you know, and accept the things you can't and have the wisdom to know the difference. Well, I think it's real possible that a person like me could think that he can change everything. And that's not really our job, or it's not my job. And that's not a judgment. That's a, a choice that I'm making. When so you're, when you're to happy be in, yes, I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> when before and, you weren't always happy with it. Oh, hey, Gary, before it was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And you talk about being in the uh, the matote. My goodness, you would go. I've, I've been involved with circumstances for days and days and days that I could barely get my head above water because I felt as though I had to be entrenched by it and make it work and just strain and struggle. And when I backed up and observed that, I thought, that's pretty dumb, wasn't it? <laughs> that's how much I, that's how much I judged that one. Yes, <laughs> pretty so, darn dumb there, Dave. So, so let me let me speculate here. The hero complex, savior. You know, I'm going to go fix this. I've got to make it work. What was underlying that? I don't know, but I did throw my Superman costume away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Okay. I, 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 I don't know for sure what was underlying that. I, I do think, and, and that's something that I would still work at to understand. I do think that um, that family of origin, 
social uh, economy of origin probably lended itself to believing that I was different or was supposed to do something really special. And because of those things that I had to live at a slightly different standard and in order to be totally accepted, I had to perform at a higher level and how ridiculous, <laughs> how ridiculous it be, you know? You have a pretty seriously established Christian background. and you, you said something that even though that this process invites you to challenge and be introspective of your beliefs, it didn't challenge your uh, religious beliefs. Interestingly, Gary, I would say that if anything, it po probably enhanced my beliefs. Uh, it, and I, I think Jesus, as an incarnate human, didn't necessarily run around all the time being judgmental. <laughs> Duh. So, uh, you know, all truth is truth. And if, if I want to uh, ascribe all truth to Yahweh or Jehovah God, uh, that doesn't mean that truth of the ancient Toltec is any less truth because we did or did not ascribe that, that truth to my belief system. But I have no reason at all to judge anyone else. I just don't and won't. I, that, I, was, I was pretty good at that before. I, I, it, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. And I, I think that the whole fear factor of the human race is, you know, wait a minute, you don't button your shirt the way I button mine, and, and your hair is styled differently, and you don't like the right foods. Up, oh, We can't accept you. And when in reality, be it Jehovah God or an act of, of sheer circumstance that we're all created, we're a whole lot stronger together than we are when we're constantly judging each other. For subscribers working through the course, what, what were your ups and downs? What worked for you to move through things? What obstacles did you encounter? and What helped you get past it? I, I looked forward all the time to the next uh, lesson or the next assignment coming out. Uh, I probably listened to each assignment probably 10 times each. I, I am not as disciplined as people who have more analytical minds. And so a lot of what I encompass into my being has to do with what I guess we would think of as an oral tradition. Uh, I don't read as much as some people do. Now, I've read just about all of your articles and uh, certainly, as I told you a week or so, I'm reading Don Miguel Ruiz's book right now. Oh, I actually read it a couple of times. So for me, it was it became almost a ritual or a routine to try to spend some time daily listening to the material. When it came to the arch archetypes, I, I have yet to sit down and make a list. In fact, I think you're six is perfectly fine, so why should I have to make a different list? Just Anyway, 
Um, so, so there were some assignments you didn't do. I think I did them. I don't think I did them the way you assigned them. How about that? <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't write. You didn't do much writing. No, and it's interesting because that's a. Uh, that's something that I'm revisiting. You could say, from what you've heard me say, that I have a at least an average uh, understanding of the material. It's that, it's working for you, and that's the important thing. Although I make you know several of the assignments, writing assignments, not absolutely necessary for people to write. For some people, that technique will work, and it helps make things very practical and real, particularly if you can get things out of your mind and onto a page. You can see them there, and that changes. If you get the idea of it, eventually that writing process, you could take that awareness into the moment, and that's where you need it anyways, when you're in a meeting, when you're in an interaction relationship. You know, that's that's when you really need to use it. But I, I will, I'm in alignment with you here, though, that the important part is the embodiment. If the writing, if an intellectual approach helps you embody it, then so be it. But however it, you can get it to... You, you mentioned uh, one, of the, one of the sessions that one of the sessions that really shifted something, a different way of looking at things, is forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'll, I've got to let my mind sort of work with that. This is where I should have it written down. Um, but <laughs> I had taught forgiveness for a long, long time, and I've always taught the ideology that forgiveness is really not for that other person for whom you are extending forgiveness, but what it is is for you or for if I'm the one doing the forgiving, then what I'm doing is releasing myself from the burden uh, that could be associated with guilt, which could be a product of judgment or even victimization, uh, and thereby releasing that emotional energy for some other more positive thing. I think one of the things that really came to bear for me was was the, the true realization that that other person probably not sitting there worrying about it at all. And so as I backed out into the observer role and saw myself spending a long period of time just wondering why that person felt the way that they did, and, you know, they were probably out having a great meal with a glass of wine. And there I was going, oh, my God, look how horrible this is. And talk about a good laugh. When I saw that, I'm like, geez, I know better than this or at least I thought I did, but somewhere underneath that was an agreement that said that I was supposed to judge other people. And so the dissolving through the forgiveness session for me came when I realized that part of my lack of forgiveness was actually rooted in judging others. So that was the, that was the aha moment for me about forgiveness. Your material and I, you know, on forgiveness, it may well be the best I've ever seen. And I've I've read a lot, I've taught it, I've attempted to help people understand it, and I understand it more clearly now than ever. And I can promise you, part of me shifting into neutral and being able to just go there. I mean, uh, and I've 
friend, uh, Gary, I, you know, I, I just don't take anything personally anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> and to be able to shift into that, into that point of view, that's provocative. That, that is, is absolutely uh, mesmerizing as to what it can do to free a person. So, and I think forgiveness is, is a major portion of that. If, if we can get a grip on what it really means to forgive, then it makes it really easy to shift into neutral, you know. And I, I'm assuming that, I don't know, would you agree with that? Am I close? Absolutely. You know, when I really understood uh, in that direction, uh, not only what forgiveness was all about, uh, you really end up giving up judging anybody, including yourself, because you're like, okay, why would I go through this process of judgment and victimization about someone else or what my self-judgment is, only to then have to forgive myself and undo it later? Yeah, why, why put myself into a knot that I'm going to have to forgive myself out of? So, so when you get good at the forgiveness, the whole process of self-judgment falls apart, and you get closer and closer to that front end of the problem. You're like, well, I'm not even going to go there because then I just have to unwrap it anyway. Right, right. That requires quite a degree of awareness to see that in the moment, the consequences in the moment of that action. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, uh, that that's part of the, that's part of the problem. Now, I, I think to practice being in neutral and to practice to practice this whole idea of refraining, you know, to shift point of view. For me. That's probably that's probably the viewfinder through which we can see the crux of this whole thing of self mastery. But that had to be a rather blissful place to arrive in the economy of day to day living, particularly as complicated as it is now, to step back from your own world, to step back from your own self judgment, your judgment of others you're feeling victimized or trying to create a victimization of others and just stepping back and viewing it. And I, I believe that that is the true essence of what reality and probably what eternity is. Uh, when you step into that place, you're really in a place that, that, that's unique. And uh, I don't know if that made sense, but it's to me that's very powerful. It is uh, very much about a point of view, point of perception, that's not of the mind, that's not filtered or limited or fogged over by a belief system. Uh, a child, and I could say a childlike mind, that sees yes. with the eyes of love and is not filtered with encumbrance of self-judgment. Now the difference with a child is there's innocence and it's naive. But to recover those eyes of love and to see the world in that way, and yet be aware and wise as to all the undercurrents and you know, challenges in the world at the same time. This is, this is what it is to be wise, yeah. The, the, to, to achieve that, and, you know, if anyone hears this and, and hears me say of my Christian faith, they possibly would want to take exception to it, but to achieve that would be pretty godlike, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, it really would. At least, at least lovingly. And, and, yeah. and joyful. And that's what God is. God is love. So, <laughs> so 
Anyway, I digress. <laughs> no, maybe we're getting to the point. Uh, when it's all said and done, it's possible that most of us will end up not being exactly who we thought we were anyway. So that's all. Right. What other questions should I ask you or point that you'd like to share? Wow. Help I wasn't help expecting some, that. Well, to leave other people doing the course or, or, or challenged through the process. I do believe that any person that would simply listen attentively to the material would have the potential to open their mind in such a way that they could at least observe. And, and you know, if, if a person chose and said, well, you know, I don't really want to do that, then that, that's okay. That's uh, everybody uh, can choose. I can promise you uh, a, a person that might listen has the potential of moving a rock and finding a great wealth of knowledge uh, there. And uh, it doesn't, I don't think that it takes a rocket science scientist to do this. I believe that more than likely, all of us uh, have the capacity for, for doing this, these exercises in such a way that they could have a healing effect and a renewing effect. I believe that what I've seen in this material is probably as much anthropological as it is intellectual. And therefore, I think that our minds are maybe not all going to respond exactly the same way. But when we see kind of the, the formation of our thought processes, uh, if, we, if we chose to do some, some dissolving of agreements and some making of some new agreements, uh, it'd be kind of cool. Uh, and I, I really believe anybody can grow or change or uh, maybe become self-aware at some level. Now, maybe I'm just so into it that it's different for me. Uh, I've never thought of myself as being, you know, different in that way. But, again, we all are wired differently. When you say the material is much anthropological as intellectual or analytical, what do you mean anthropological? I might be misusing the term anthropological, but there's an anthropology that sort of governs who we are. And uh, to give a, my, my best example of what I believe anthropology means to the human being, God said don't have sex out of marriage, supposedly. But our body says, ooh, but I want it. And so that's kind of the anthropology versus the, the set of rules or the, uh, the book of laws. And sometimes they don't, they don't mesh. So I think that the body and mind has the ability to respond to the material that you have formulated as much in and of itself, and in fact, actually better in and of itself than it does from whatever that book of laws is that we've agreed to and probably didn't even know we agreed to. Quick example. Yeah, I shared with you that my mother, 86 years old, took a fall and was injured. Now, she was she's a depression kid. You know, she lived in a time when it was fear and doom and gloom. And my father luckily survived World War II and came home from the Pacific. And, and they lived in a time when you just didn't know if you were going to live or not. 
Well, with this fall, when I got there to see her, she was like, oh, it's bad. And I said, does look kind of bad. looks like to me you took a dive on concrete. And she began to laugh. And what I found was that to, to step back and see it in a larger picture began to bring healing to her. And Gary, it really did. I, I tell you that it did. And so the way I see this material presented, you're not presenting this material in a judgmental way at all. And so the average person, and I'm average maybe at best, that person can listen to this and probably, instead of thinking about how bad things are, probably end up anthropologically with a sense of, wow, things could be better, couldn't they? And I actually have some choice in the matter. And to me, that's powerful. That, that's probably as prolific a motivator for human beings as there is. I believe in positive reinforcement. And uh, I have a grandson that's autistic. And he is phenomenal. I mean, this child is unbelievable because he thinks he can. By golly, you know, that's great. And I, I, kind, of, I kind of feel that way about the self-mastery series, if all that makes sense. I don't know if it does. Any questions for me before we go? When you come in east, <laughs> you know I'll uh, I'll go where I'm invited. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. We we should let that one take root. <laughs> all right, Gary. Sir. What a privilege! Thank you so much. This is just uh, has absolutely made my day. Thank you for your time. And maybe we'll check back in with you again after you've done some of the uh, the advanced course material. I'm de I'm delighted. I'm delighted. Thank, thank you, David. Blessing, thank you for bless, this time. Blessings to you. Yes, blessings to you. This is Gary Van Warmerdam again. Hopefully you found that interview helpful. There's a number of reasons I share that type of material. One is... Honestly, it's a good testimonial to the product I'm offering. But it's also, I think, helpful to people who are working through whatever challenges of emotional reactions and behaviors and anger and jealousy and fear, whatever they're working through, it's helpful for people to go, wait a minute, I'm not alone in this. And if somebody else can work through it, then maybe I can too. And to realize that there is perhaps a light at the end of the tunnel that something can help. And that is encouraging to people to continue to take the next step and to take the next step and the next step and the next day another step and the next day another step until after many steps we've traveled a long ways and we've changed a lot and we're no longer the person that we used to be. Three months ago, six months ago, eight months ago, 18 months ago. Again, I hope you found the material helpful and found some nugget, one aha in there. And that's progress. And you can find the self-mastery series with exercises at my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. The first few exercises you can download and sample for free. And that way you can evaluate whether material makes sense. 
This is Gary Van Wormerdam, the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. Thank you very much.